Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Knives Out. Knives Out is the murder mystery film written, produced, and directed by Ryan Johnson. Knives Out is out now, so if you haven't watched the film yet but you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. Described as a modern take on the whodunit, Knives Out follows a family gathering gone awry, boasting an impressive ensemble cast including Daniel Craig, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Chris Evans. Jason, you have the plot. Wealthy crime novelist Harlan Thromby invites his extended family to his mansion for his 85th birthday party. The next morning, Harlan's housekeeper friend finds him dead, his throat slit. The death is ruled a suicide, but an anonymous figure hires Kentucky private detective uh, Benoit Blanc, played by Daniel Craig, to investigate. Blanc learns that Harlan had alienated many of his family. He had uh, threatened to expose his son-in-law, Richard, for having an affair, discovered that Joni, his daughter-in-law, was stealing money, meant for his granddaughter's tuition, fired his youngest son, Walt, from his publishing company, and cut his lazy grandson, Ransom, out of his will. Who done it? Very thorough. Yeah. That is the movie. Well done. Ah, thank you. Before we get to the movie, let's talk about our experience. I'm curious about your screening, because what I will say... I was, from what I could see, the youngest in my screening. And as I left, there was just a sea of shuffling old people heading to the next screening. I can't say I was... I might have been... I went to to VMAX. It was the only thing available. Um, So slightly premium seating here in Australia. Uh, Yeah, the crowd was... Not that it was a big crowd, but it was... Of the older... Yeah, a mature yeah, audience. Yeah. This is a movie that people want to see. And not just this movie in particular, this type of movie. I mean, we recently got Kenneth Branagh as Proro in Murder on the Orient Express. But outside of that and this, and the upcoming Death on the Nile, these movies don't really get made anymore. I mean, we could give a throw out to Adam Sandler's... What of course, called? Murder Mystery. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for the longest time, you know, like, before then, the only one that kind of jumps to me is Clue or Cluedo, whatever it's called. In and they're said territory. to be doing a remake of that with yeah. Ryan Reynolds, so maybe it's coming back. But there's not many of these types of movies that really exist that float around. I, I mean, I guess it works maybe more in line on, like, on the TV scope. You know, you've got one-and-done stories, lots of different mysteries. You know, all those Agatha Christie things, all those... Detective, so and so, whatever they're called, yeah, it's from a from a different age, I reckon. But as we said, this is a modern take on it. With the recent Kenneth Branagh one, that was very much a remake or a retread of those original. That was still books. period placed, wasn't it? Yeah. What I'm trying to get at, it just goes to show that there is an older audience that is still willing to come out and go to the movies if it's the right film, and this is a film. That isn't based on anything. It's an original idea. Original screenplay, plot, everything. Which, I mean, and it goes to show that it's like original movies can work and be successful. And hopefully successful. I haven't actually tracked it at all. But yeah, if people want to watch these movies. They will still watch it. And just look at the cast. You've got to think that a lot of these, a lot of people in this movie, they're in it because they want to be in it. Because yeah. it's, it's a different type of movie different because it's not really a common movie nowadays yeah just the genre wise but i mean they're still kind of the movie still captures like 
I guess the the period piece type quality to it, um, the, it the set with design, the, yeah, the setting of the house, yeah, it all kind of it's a bit daunting where it's like it does you know suddenly where there's a car chase or you know like we're in an apartment building and it's all very modern and stuff, but you know everything that's sort of set within the house and all that it, it gives that feel and oozes that old timely period piece setting that this type of movie would fit into and. That still worked, even though it was very much modern and all the characters were, although eccentric in bits and pieces, they were modern people. They lived in 2019. And it's what you'd expect from this type of movie to have a cast made up or a cast of characters made up of eccentrics. And it's what you get here. And Daniel Craig in this movie is CSI KFC. (laughs) (laughs) Also known as Benoit Blanc. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, his accent is was alarming at first. I'll, Very I'll jarring to begin with. I didn't see what was that? Was it Logan Lucky or a movie with Adam Driver? Yeah, and a, he was playing someone from the South in that as well. So apparently, this accent is similar to that. But I didn't see that it was movie. A full on, yeah. See, so it, it was jarring because you think that type of character would be a British. detective or private investigator, and they almost could have just done that. And the, because it, he is British, and it still would have worked. But I got over it very quickly, yeah, and, and I was on board with the character. I was like, I, I didn't even see Daniel Craig after that. He just he became this detective guy. Like he and just what? became the character. An which... Introduction. He's just there in the background. The family one by one's being interviewed, and to begin with, they're not noticing that he's there, and then they start to notice yeah. he's there. But just how he keeps signalling his presence and to move on the police by tapping the piano key. Thought was brilliant. Like next question, like yeah, that's back to the next. Like bring it all in, Actually, and then one by one they're like, "Who is that? Who the hell are you?" We should talk about the the narrative structure from this. You know, like we we've mentioned that this is, um, you know, this is a type of movie of a certain genre. It, it's a murder mystery, and there is, I guess, a formula to how how they are delivered to us, and I guess what we expect going into it. You know, like. We'll see either see parts of the the crime being committed and then all the aftermath more so. Then we'll meet all the suspects, um, and then you know little bits, little clues will be dripped throughout the the movie. And then by the end, there'll be this big reveal and maybe like twist, twist, twist. Whoa, big surprise! That's not the structure. Like it, I mean, it it comes back to it. It does. It becomes that, but it does it in its own little way. And you do find that there's lines of dialogue that. Out of context, it's just said, and you can take it at face value, but the genius of it and the writing, the screenplay, when they go back and they're doing the big reveal, it fits perfectly. That's right. Like, I'm, I am I almost felt really dumb at the end of the movie for not picking it because There's it's like... There's some obvious ones, the, isn't there? And I missed them as well. The movie, it, like, it's really obvious who is the, the true, um, you know, uh, who done it, guy? I don't know what you what you call the the, uh, the the one who done it. The murderer. The murderer. Yeah, that's the <laughs> word. Ah, oh, murder mystery. There we go. It's all there. It's really obvious, but for some reason, just watching the movie, you go on this other ride, and you just because you, you just, just get don't... sucked in. You yeah. get sucked in with the characters, the setting, and because the movie does stop, start, start, and it chops and changes, and you there's a flashback, and not only are you seeing what happened previously. For the second or third time, it's once again showing you from a different angle yeah, or a different like, perspective. So you, you can, 
it does play with your mind and your memory because, oh, I've seen this. Oh, no, but now it's slightly different. I want to put a pin in everything right now because I think the next thing we're going to talk about is going to be spoiler heavy. Now, we gave a spoiler warning, but in this type of movie specifically, I mean, if you haven't watched this movie and you want to, like, it's a no-brainer. Stop listening to us. But on that, I'm going to say right here, right now, go watch it. This is a movie worth watching. So, oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, that's not my rating yet, but I mean, yeah, go watch no, it. No, people it's... should go and watch this movie because it's brilliant. And it's and this is the kind of movie that we're going to review. And once you know, you know. So, so yeah. Jason's right. Like, <laughs> stop now. If you, if you were curious about this movie, stop listening and go and watch it. Yeah, it's worth watching. Go, go. Okay. Uh yeah, I mean, we find out very early the circumstances of of the death. And that's what you were talking about earlier, where it's not conventional. Like, yeah. You don't normally find that out. So I'm thinking, hang on, we're not that far into the movie. It's maybe 45 minutes. And it's the movie's, I think, like two hours, ten. So what else is going to happen? <laughs> but then they keep giving you more reveals. But then normally you're waiting to find out who the killer was. When it's more than that, because they show you very early that it's Marta, the nurse, who was the killer, or she was involved, and he actually killed himself. Yes. But then the film progresses, and then there's all these twists and turns, and we find out it's her, or we're told it's her, and I'm like, but we've not really seen Chris Evans. The movie can't be over. And well, we end up getting a lot of Chris Evans. Well, I knew it wasn't over. I just, you know, I went in thinking... This is going to be a murder mystery, so I was expecting the majority of the movie to be me trying to work out. And that's what I mean. So not like the movie's almost over, but the mystery part is almost over. So what what else is it going to be? But then it ends up being so much more. The movie does turn into, and for a large chunk, it turns into more of, you know, because because Marta is involved essentially in in the death that takes place. Um, It's not her fault from what, you know, the movie does tell us. But the movie becomes like a, can she get away with it? And not to say, you know, she's evil, but like, the movie very much is like, this has happened, oops, but can I cover my tracks? And that's what the movie becomes until the very end when it reverts back to a whodunit and we get the... What I really like is that, yes, she is covering her tracks, but what we're presented with in Marta is a very good person. Yeah. Like, different for different reasons, this family is essentially horrible. Outside on of different the, levels, yeah, yeah but yeah. for different reasons. Like they've all got their own little quirks and reasons for why they're not like very they nice might be people. Full on assholes. They might just be eh, a little bit assholes. So Harlan, you can see why he did what he did by not wanting to continue giving money to to this family that are just yeah. using and abusing his money. But Marta, I like the fact that her trying to get away with it was never her idea. It was Harlan. He's like, I need to protect you because. You're going to go yeah. to jail. Your mum's going to get deported because she's undocumented. And all of and this... He, he's stating that, you know, like, she's been one of the only people that has really, you know, like, treated him kindly and been there for and him. And they were stuff. friends. She yeah. was started as an employee and then essentially they were I mean, they the were more friends. we learn throughout the movie is that, like, yeah, they really was. And I got to admit, in the back of my head, I was like, maybe the twist is she had plotted this all along and it's like maybe she's not as good as... You know, there's that scene where she goes back to her apartment, sits next to her mum, and it can be read in both ways. You know, she's sort of freaking out, and it's like, is that because of the stress, the being like, what have I done? Oh, my God. Or is it, am I going to get away with this this 
evil plot that I've come up with. You know, you can you can go on it to, in, in two ways, and I guess the speculation and the guessing game is all still all there. All part of the fun. That's so there is still a ride that we're getting. And so then you get in a point where she's starting to think, hey, hang on, maybe I will just turn myself in. Yeah. But then rumors involved, so they keep finding ways to. That's his name, isn't it? Ransom. 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 Yeah, rumor. <laughs> it's, it begins with R. Ransom is then involved. That's where we get all the Chris Evans. Yeah. But before that, I really enjoyed the scenes between Marta and Blanc, where she's seeing clues and behind his back, like she's throwing side, the stick. She's getting rid of the clues. She's covering her tra- you know, her and literal like, tracks. We need to get CSI down here so we can dust for, you know, dust for footprints or yeah. not dust for them, but you know, get samples of footprints. We need to take pictures and he's calling to her and she's, and she's like, what? what? I can't hear you. <laughs> Walking up and down and the dogs come. It was a lot of fun. Like we're in on it. He is. And, and there's fun to be had with that. Like it, re- it really is. There's, that's why. That's what I'm saying. Like, the a large chunk of the movie is. It, it does become. You know, can she get away with it? And then I'm kind of enjoying that ride. But you know, there's like eventually you, you click on that. Like, there's more. There's too many unanswered questions. You know, like she's being blackmailed, sort of without. You know, blackmailed without uh, without demands. There's all that unfolding stuff there, and that's because she doesn't check her email well, on a regular basis. I mean, even Ransom's the one who prompts her, like, "Oh, maybe there's of course, an email. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, sent today, was it? Oh, maybe what? you should open that." Ah, oh, so good. If I'm such a fan of of the Who Done It, if I was a character in this movie, I would be Trooper Wagner. For the most part, he's just in awe. He's fanboy. Everything, yeah. He's a fan of the novels. He's a fan of Blanc. He's enjoying the mystery that's afoot. He's a really fun character. I thought thought he was great. We might as well shout out the other um, detective, Lieutenant Elliot, played by Lakeith uh, Stanfield. I guess he's the more competent. Yeah. uh, But you always need that. Yeah, that's a fun balance. So the cops had already come through, done their thing, and then we find out that Blanc was hired by somebody else. Yeah, so like I said, you know, like we, we it's, it seems like we have all these answers, but then you know we still get almost two hours in, into the movie, and it's like, hang on, if you if you actually pause the movie and went, this is unanswered, that's unanswered, like who hired him, what's going on? There's the whole ordeal with Blanc talking about the hole in the donut. <laughs> he, when he's sitting in the car talking about <laughs> it, that, and then there's after when he's about to give his full on, you know, like Poirot type. This is the this is what the truth is. He goes on a rant about the donut hole. For Brilliant. A little, little bit too long, <laughs> but also the perfect amount of time. So oh, I well, loved, that's right. I loved that. There's one issue, and I guess we can talk about the the cast because I reckon everyone's bringing something fantastic to this. But because of the structure of this movie, because it isn't, I guess, a traditional whodunit with the curveball that we get where it goes off into this other you know, little adventure thing, we kind of don't get to see the suspects and the, like, the, the, the family, essentially, in a traditional way you would if it was a normal whodunit type structure. I've seen that so many times. I'm happy to have it presented yeah, in a different way. I like that it was something different. And, I mean, Ryan Johnson, the infamous Last Jedi um, what do they say? He's more than that. He, no, but I mean the... Brick 
Looper. This yeah, guy's oh, well, no, done he's things. done good stuff, but with the infamous Star Wars Last Jedi, I think it was all about subverting the expectations. That was the whole gripe, the, his whole deal. And I feel like he did it in this movie, and it was fantastic, the, the way that it was done. Because 100%, I went in and I was like, well, expectations subverted. Absolutely. But I do feel like we did lack, you know, like, like Jamie Lee Curtis in this, is in this movie. Probably on screen for like maybe ten minutes in total if you add it all together. Some of the other and most of that time is at the beginning when the family is first introduced. But she does go out of it for quite a while. But it is a big cast. It is. So it's hard to I give use her as an all of them a yeah. lot of screen time. But just... she was great as Linda Drysdale, who was the eldest daughter. Yeah. But there's so many cast members that had me excited. But one of my favourites in this movie, and it caught me by surprise, Don Johnson as Richard Drysdale. Curtis's husband. He was brilliant in this. <laughs> he's the one having the affair. Yeah, having right? the affair, yeah. yeah. He's so good in this. And them two, they're the parents of Chris Evans' character. Ransom. Ransom, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think, or Hugh. <laughs> Such a good bit. When it was you. Hugh did. No, it was Hugh, because he makes... The staff call him Hugh. Yeah. Oh, so oh and there's like you know, like like I said, all the clues are there. Like he's the, he's the only character <laughs> that the dogs bark at, and they make yes. it very clear that it's like, oh, dogs are a good judge of character. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. And you heard the dogs barking at some point in the night when they're reconstructing the whole timeline. Honestly, I think watching this movie a second time might would be, be a, a completely <laughs> different experience. <laughs> yeah. And I will watch it again. But it will be a very different experience. It'll be more just going along for the ride and enjoying it. Yeah. But it would be different. Um, Tony Collette's in here as as Joni. I found... Did you find yourself, um, at least at the beginning, sort of struggling to work out who was who in terms of the family tree? No. I mean, no? The information no, thought, yeah. was dropped well enough that you can, but it took a yeah. while to sort of I think, paint yeah, the picture. I don't know. It, it was pretty clear for me like who the blood family members are and who the wives and husbands or boyfriends and, and, and girlfriends and the kids and stuff and the kids yeah. I thought they were very they were very clear so Tony Collette Joni she's she's the wife of one of the deceased sons so someone that we never met yeah some guy named Neil apparently I don't know got that off the internet maybe maybe that was dropped in the movie um, Catherine Langford from 13 Reasons Why and uh, the infamous Iron Man's daughter cut scene uh, Meg so she's in this as well there's a few characters and I feel like she's probably the least douchiest of all the characters. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah, and even the douchey thing that she does do, that's a tongue twister, uh, is sort of prompted because well, of she's the pressured by the yeah. family. Like they're all gathered around and they're getting Marta to essentially give the money back to the family yeah. and using Meg to do that. There's one other, I guess, sector of the family. Michael Shannon is Walt uh, with his wife. Donna, played by Ricky Lindholm, who I don't even think says anything in this movie. She's like that skinny blonde lady that's... She is fantastic. I've seen her in so many things. She's one half of the comedy singing duo Garfunkel and Oates, and they even had a TV series that is on Netflix. So she's great. She does a lot of comedies, but she has done dramas, and obviously she's in this, but she, yeah. I, I don't doing, think, I don't even think she spoke. But she's got such a strong presence, I find. She's got like... Oh, I noticed her. Yeah, she's, she's, she's blonde, she's attractive, but she's got like, not in a bad way, but like a harsh look. So she's almost like, she's, you see her, but you don't hear her. She's always there. Mm. So I think she had a, a strong presence, even though, yeah, I don't think she said anything. 
I think an interesting character is um, Jaden Martell, who plays Jacob Trombie. So that's ah, Walt and Donna's son. <laughs> yeah, the like the modern day, the weird, really, song. really, really alternative right winged uh, kid <laughs> with lots of views on things. So he's on his phone the majority yeah, of the time. Yeah, but you've got to have your weird kid in there. Well, that's it. And I don't know. Interesting because he's probably the youngest of the family. Yeah. But he also... So he's got no I... one his own age to... I guess Meg would be the closest in age. Oh, yeah. So he's just left to his own devices. Literally, his, his device in his hand. Michael Shannon in this, I've got to say, like, and Michael Shannon in anything... Always good. It's always so intimidating. <laughs> like, even in this movie, where he plays a guy that is essentially, like, he's not, he, you know, he runs his dad's printing business, but he's never really done anything for himself. So yeah. he's, he's, I mean, Ransom's the black sheep of the family, but Walt is another member of the family that hasn't really got out there and done something. He's just sort of had that ride. That yeah, so free ride other in. family members primarily... Linda, uh, Curtis's character, looks down the nose at him like he's not really worked for anything himself. So even that, he's got his cane and all these things going on, but I still find Michael Shannon intimidating. It's it's weird with him, you know, like some of the early scenes, especially involving Marta, you know, when she first comes to the house, uh, first comes to the house in this movie anyway, you know, and he, he's talking to her and he's probably one of the kindest ones to her and, you know, he's involved in that little, that quiet little meeting with her where it's like, you know, oh, we want to give you money from the will. We want to involve you. You know, you're part of the family, blah, blah, blah. Until, obviously, everything's flipped. Yeah, everything unravels. And yeah. then uh, suddenly he, he actually goes to he her turns, apartment. And, yeah, yeah. you know, subtly threatens her. And it's, yeah, it, it's 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 like a oh, full-on Scary guy. But then you see <laughs> glimpses of Marta as well, sort of, you know, with the dark side and, and being like, well, yeah, the money is mine, and all your you know, assets and your lawyers and all that kind of stuff. So, but then again, like, but that's, that's a retaliation. Her, it is a retaliation, but she's still trying to respect Harlan's wishes. Like, he wanted me to have. That's this. the whole thing. Yeah. What about Great Nana? <laughs> what a character! <laughs> the standout, the quiet achiever in the in the corner there. I was doing a little little bit of prep ahead of this recording, <laughs> and this. Facts blew my mind. Do you know who plays her? Um, a lady called Kay Kellen. Okay. <laughs> Follow-up question. Do you know which DC TV show Kay Kellen was in? Oh, is it a live-action one, an old one? It's Martha Kent from Lois and Clark, oh, The New Adventures of Superman. Wow. Blew my mind when I found this out. And Kellen is actually over six years younger than Christopher Plummer who is playing her son, Harlem, in this movie. So they really aged her up. Oh, and for the yeah, most part, yeah. she just stands at the window. <laughs> she doesn't do yeah. too much. But a lot of, she's, I mean, I guess a lot of the characters are pivotal in, oh, she's in really the reveal, terrible. but she's a... But the bit where she's like, Ransom, you're back again? Another clue where It is like, a big clue! Back <laughs> again? Because we see Ransom <laughs> when Marta's passing the window. Yeah. Oh, so good. Oh, really? But you just assume, oh, she's talking about when she saw Marta and she's not really got good vision. Yeah, and, you know, he left earlier, so he's back from before, but it's like, no, he's... Yeah. Oh, it's all there. Another Star Wars connection. Yoda is in this as the lawyer. Mr. Frank Oz! Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Yoda. I mean, I, I didn't pick him. I didn't pick. I mean, I'm. I mean, he doesn't look like a green puppet. He's no. He sounds very different in this. <laughs> he was great. Alan world. Stevens. Yeah, you're right. He plays the lawyer, the, the family lawyer. lawyer. Yeah. Do you know there's a cameo with Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Completely missed it. Wouldn't have known unless the internet told me. So apparently he's the voice 
of Detective Hard Rock. So that must be like that's over on a TV show. Oh, I'm pretty TV sure show. it's on one of yes. I was thinking maybe TV's like a in the background. Or a phone or yeah, something. and I'm pretty sure it's on a TV show. We also see Murder She Wrote, Jessica Fletcher on oh, the TV somewhere. No. <laughs> I used to watch that show as a kid. Oh, with Memories. the oldies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with, the, oh. with the parents. <laughs> I used to watch all of them, all the cop shows. Oh, I got fun. brought up on Agatha Christie. Which is not Murder, She Wrote, but, you know, that same kind of thing. Yeah. What did you think of... I mean, we, we, we have delivered the review, haven't we? That it was... That Harlem had, had, had known about... We've not really said it, no. Okay, so Chris Evans' character is the guy responsible. He knew about the fact that no one was getting any money from the will. It was all going to Marta. He came up with this plot to... Mix up his his medicine, which Marta would administer to him, causing his death. She would get blamed for it. When that didn't unfold as he planned, when she was essentially getting away with it, he involved the uh, Daniel Craig and yes. Yeah, so there were there was the two containers. One had morphine, yeah, and the other one had his medicine, yeah. And then he was supposed to have a small dose of morphine just to give him a little bit of a buzz and help him sleep at night. 100 mils or something? That'd knock you out, yeah. I think it was three. <laughs> it was and three. She, three, and she gave him 100. Yeah. And the labels were swapped. But it turns out, at the very end, she didn't actually give him the wrong one because she went by a visual look at the liquid as opposed to the label, which, yeah. So he killed himself for no reason. Oh, Blanc. She asks him... When did you know it was me? Straight away. Drop of blood on a shoe. Yeah, and we see that. Genius. We do see that drop of blood throughout the movie, and we're like, okay, that's going to come up at some point. Because for the <laughs> most part, Blanc isn't really, as you said earlier, having those big reveals. Those, ha-ha! I mean, he does have a big moment where he looks at the, the toxicology report, and it was clear, and he comes in like, you hold on one goddamn minute. It was great. I feel like he went, his character went to a weird place and he was just like, hang on a second. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was great. And he did his big moment. But yeah, but, so that was like his big thing. But outside of that, like, you know, because again, clues are in front of him and it, it was played for laughs where Marta was distracting him or throwing yeah. the bit of uh, wood away that was the trail on but the again, side of the there's house. there's still all that tension where it, it's like... It is all there, but then he kind of wasn't seeing everything. And then the whole thing... When she went to meet the housekeeper, who was the one that was blackmailing in the first place, ransom, but then he flipped it on Marta. Yeah. And he's just outside listening to music. The ambulance is pulling up. So all this like chaos and clues are happening around but, him. Yeah, it's like it, in all of that chunk, it seems like Blunk is you know like an inspector. Bumbling, clue, like, like inspector Cluso. Clue, clue, uh, I forget what his name is. The you know yeah, bumbling detective, not really as good as legend. Uh, said he was but it turns out yeah he, it turns out he, he was, was yeah, playing he everyone it straight away because again like you know when she's like hiding clues around you be like oh, how is he missing all this stuff and then it turns out He's later just, well he wasn't like he just he wasn't he was just ignoring it he didn't need it because yeah. he already knew that it was her he was playing the long game with her because yeah we either knew it was her or she was involved but he always had in the back of his head that there was something else going on and that's why he kept her close. And because of the dogs, the good judges of character. Like he mm. believed from that first meeting with Marta that she's a good person. What about the fact that she can't lie and she throws up? Oh, how we? And in the ending, where she's like holding it all in, because at the time, like ransom. He 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 still believes that he can get away with it because yeah, there's because no witnesses, there's an no attempted proof. murder. Yeah, because she's alive. 
but then she was holding down the vomit. So my state, waiting, waiting, yeah. waiting, and then she's sick in his face, and it was just perfect. Oh, what about the big bit with Ransom? How he's sat there, and all his family are losing it, and he's going, eat shit, you eat shit, you eat shit. <laughs> he's just telling everyone to eat shit. I mean, hilarious. I, I generally fantastic character. They're all it's, lots of fantastic characters. Really. It's such a good part, I think, for Chris Evans after Captain America playing like a, a character like, like a palate that, cleanser almost. Yeah, and then this. You're right. Yeah, a palate cleanser between that and his next big or whatever the you know the size of the project is going to be. But to have this where after Captain America is telling everyone to eat shit, <laughs> I just thought it was brilliant. I'm gonna. I wanna. Martha's character, Anna de Amas, if I'm pronouncing that right. I don't know if we said her name Oh, yet. yeah, no, that, is, she that is, is bad on our part. We should have mentioned her name. From all of the trailers and even on the posters, like, I did not think this obscure character and actress who I didn't recognise would have such a large part and a large key role in this. Like, the movie is essentially hers, if not Daniel Craig. It's, it's hers. She's... She's our protagonist, I guess, that we're, we're following, or antagonist for the... I don't know, whatever you... However you feel about it. Yeah, I, I thought... But she's Craig our lead. Go- I thought Craig was going to be the lead. Yeah. But she is absolutely fantastic, and I'm glad that you actually said her name, <laughs> because we just keep saying Marta. Like, I hadn't recognised her for anything, but I did look... She was in that recent uh, Blade Runner film, which I still haven't seen. And apparently she's going to be with Daniel Craig in the next Bond. Yeah, She's going to be in it. So now we know who she is. Um, new kitty on screen. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah, I'm a fan. It didn't take. Yeah, much. no, she she's really good in this. Yeah. And you're right. Like, if you look at the caliber of actors and the tenure that they've all had on screen, she's and doing. Then she's this newcomer. So much on such a high level. Like, it's and amazing. She's, yeah, she's brilliant. Like, she's so and good in this. A good uh, belcher, I guess. No, belcher's burping, isn't it? A good yakker. Yeah, yeah, she does well. Very, very convincing. <laughs> very convincing, yeah. <laughs> I want to point out... I mean, the, the carrot chunks on Evans' face helped. Yeah. <laughs> I want to point out those the beans and toast. Were they the grossest looking beans you've ever yeah, seen? Yeah, that did not look like a nice meal Or is that at like all. is that like American diner th- type beans? Uh, is that what that's like? I don't know. Like, I mean, used to it, the orange. You're probably used to the orange yes, ones. Yes, I mean, it, did, it didn't look like... Baked beans. <laughs> I was going to say Heinz. Other beans are available. It looked like mixed beans or Spanish beans. Oh, sure. Okay. And maybe she was eating Spanish beans. That's fine. Yeah, beans but it, was, for... it, was beans, it was beans and sausage, wasn't it? But you're right. No, I didn't think it looked appetizing It wasn't very appealing. But that was a good a good trick on his part. I was getting a full of beans and sausage, and then he was going to like put it to the test. I like we, And the moments earlier, he was like, can we grab a second bowl? Not to share anything, but just... You can yak in this. Yeah, well, as he as he started talking to her, and you and you knew what he was doing, he ever so gently nudges the bowl towards her. Oh, oh, so good! This movie is written so well. It's such a tight movie. Everything that happens, there's a purpose for it. There's there's a clever use of what's happening. Like everything is utilized. There's I can't think of any unanswered questions. I couldn't identify any plot holes at the end of it. Um, Again, I was just more angry at myself for being like, how could you be so blind and not pick up on everything that was in your face? But I think that's that's the charm of it it's as well. It's part of the fun. Like, yeah. I enjoy not knowing everything, you would but then hate, you get to the yeah. end and then you find out everything. If if it was if you got left with unanswered questions, yeah. then you'd feel a bit like, oh, I, like a bit let down. It can but, go two ways. Like, 
if you work it out halfway and then you're like catch up everyone like and it was a little bit like that with this is like oh hang on a minute we've done it like no but there's more so you yeah we've solved it but the the, and there's like an hour 10 left yeah the other way that it can go is that you get the review and it's like oh that doesn't really make sense or fit in or that nothing was nothing set that up it wasn't earned like it wasn't a i love the fact but it was was. he's, he's got his throne of knives and i believe that all of them but one are real did he state that because i remember there was a conversation about prop knives like, prop knives but I, I, th- I think what i got from it is that all of them but one are real so i hope one, that was an exchange of dialogue because that makes it extra cool because i think <laughs> there's one fake knife in there yeah. and i think what it's showing us is that she knew harlan better than them better than his whole family better than ransom so because she could have moved out of the way Potentially. Oh, you reckon she stayed? I think she had confidence that she knew which one was the prop. Rumor, doing it again. Ransom. (laughs) I kind of get. I thought you were going to deliver a rumor. This is rumor. Ransom grabbed the prop, not knowing, and that's how he didn't get to stab her. I mean, yeah. Where she, she knew, she had confidence. She knew Harlan. She knew the house. Oh, it was so good. Like, was, I mean, again, so I don't know if um, if all of them were props or an assortment were props and some were real or if it was just the one like he said. If it was just one that was fake, that makes the whole scene a lot more Honestly, I do think that is the case because you see that, that piece quite a lot and they look metal. Sure. Whereas when she's got the prop on, it doesn't at all. <laughs> I do think that was the one dummy. You know what? I think that probably wraps up Knives out. Shall we do our rating then? To... I'm just going to come in super high because I cannot ding this movie for anything. I had so much fun. I was so satisfied with the reveal, the twist, the turns, the cast. There's not a weak link in there at all. I'm just going to come in at five. <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to give it five out of five because... Just before the year's almost out. But I can't... Like, there's, there's nothing. Yeah. So I'm not going to, like, not give it a five because I don't want to. Like, <laughs> it is a five. Like, it's... I just thought it was fantastic. Cool. I loved everything about it. I'm going to... I'm going to be... I'm going to be a little bit douchey and coming just slightly under five. Oof. I'm going to go for a 4.5 purely on... I guess my experience with it, although I did enjoy the fact that it was giving me something that I didn't expect or or wanted, um, like I liked all that. But like I said, you know, the only detracting point is that we have all these stellar cast and what we get of them, they're doing a fantastic job. But because it becomes a movie about Marta and takes her away from the house and all this other adventure with car chases and all that kind of stuff, we, we never get to spend much time with those other characters, Michael Shannon, Jamie Lee Curtis, Catherine Langford. Like, I wanted... I want all the Catherine Langford. Um, yeah, like, that minor detractor, purely because of that. But the movie wanted to do this, and I applaud it for it. So 4.5. Yeah, that's fair. I, I get where you're coming from. But the movie you're talking about, I saw that in the Murder on the Orient Express movie, the Kenneth Branagh one. Yeah. And then when all was said and done, it's like, oh, they've done that thing. They did it very I well, mean, yeah, you're but right, they did you're that right. thing again. So for me personally, I enjoyed that it was something different. But I do get where you're coming from. Like, you've got this cast, and a lot of time is spent away from them. Yeah. 
Still, though, a 4.5 and a 5. That's pretty solid. Pretty solid. Right, before we finish up, we've got a little bit of trivia. Not a lot, because there's not too much out there for this movie. But this is what I found. And I had a feeling we wouldn't bring it up at any point. I, feel like, I feel like you could have just picked any of the actors and found trivia yes, related I to... Yes, I didn't want to do no, that. Okay, right. I didn't want to do it. I thought, I'm going to use this opportunity to talk about Radiohead. Okay. The band. <laughs> yes. As well, opposed to Radiohead, the... <laughs> okay, let me do the trivia. Both the title, Knives Out, and working title, Morning Bell, are tracks from the Radiohead album, Amnesiac, from 2001. Oh. So there is a direct... It, that's not a coincidence they were chosen. I'm guessing Johnson is a fan. Mm. Knives Out is a great title. And it's said in the movie, and I had that moment. Where I was like, "He said the thing." Family Guy. I always have that moment. <laughs> he said the I thing. I can't he remember the, the exact quote, but he, I think he, somebody he, does. Yeah, Blanks referring to the family, and he was like, "Everyone's on edge, knives out, or something." Or referring to Marder or something. The title like, being said out. in a movie is one of my favorite yeah, things. Yeah, love it. It's fantastic. Well, that's it for our review of Knives Out. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Street Podcast. We also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review, and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. And all our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmsviewpodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Dolmite Is My Name. Sounds Like Comics have a recent episode looking at Adam's Family Values and Rewind and Review recently went back to 1989 to check out The Burbs. And I listened to that Burbs oh, review today. Oh, thanks. Recommend it. Give it a listen. I love that movie. Such a good movie. <laughs> but did I? People have to yeah, listen. Yeah. Our next review from that film stew will be, I want to say, The Adams Family. Is that the case? I think it very well could be. Right. I do want to do Noel, the Disney Plus movie. Sometime before Christmas. You, yeah, we will. Yeah, so maybe we'll leave that a little bit into December. And we've I'd got say, Star Wars coming up. Let's not be... Uh, of course. Let's not that's, dance around um, that. That's coming. So whatever order they come in, they're coming. That's our December lineup. Just know it won't be Frozen 2. Although one of us has seen it and chose to see it before Knives Out. And just so you know, I have not seen Frozen 2. Are your kids like, <laughs> your daughter's like, come on, let's oh, go. Oh, not, not really. I think uh, my wife's going to take my eldest to the weekend. Uh, I'm not going to see it. I'll just say it here, pretty good. Okay. Pretty good. Good songs. Yeah. Good yeah. songs. You know, I watched the first one at the weekend. I thought I'd seen it a lot. But as I'm watching, I'm like, hang on, I've not seen this. I don't, I, I've just seen bits and pieces. I've now only seen Frozen twice. The first one. I mean, right. Only twice. So, yeah, it's a good movie if you don't watch it a hundred times. Yeah, it's actually... No, no, let's stop talking about Frozen. <laughs> Adam's Family, not Frozen 2, will be our next oh, review. Oh, bonus Frozen review. Almost <laughs> had it in there. Well, you've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film shoot. See you soon.